0: Alright, welcome back everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thanks once again for joining us and I'm grateful for all of your support. Thank you for believing in me. This has really taken off and I'm just, I feel so blessed. And it's not because of me, it's because of you guys and then amazing guests that I have on. And today is no different. We have Trina Limpert. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, I got to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you. And Drew Peterson, thank you for believing in me as well and and supporting this. It really has helped so much in spreading the word. A little background on Trina. Um, Trina's personal mission, mission for the last 25 years has been to create awareness of the benefits for women in technology careers and has brought the Mother Coders program, which I want to know more about, to Utah in partnership with Facebook and Weber State University to assist women in re-entering the workforce and transitioning their careers into higher paying and more flexible technology roles. And and I know that's a big thing that you do. Um, She was recently selected as one of Utah's business magazine, 30 women to watch. And um, what a great honor that is, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was incredible. It was a great experience.
0: Yeah. and, And a lot of powerful women. And she's one of those. And she's many other awards which we're going to talk about she she was president of women at um, ebay and overseeing 1500 members over 17 countries 22 sites i mean that in itself is an amazing thing your career spans for 25 years you're all about leadership vision commitment action the list goes on and on and on she's there to help women but she's also there to help anybody she's very inspiring i've been following her for about seven months And, um, I was just telling you before we got on that how you've inspired me. Um, I love how confident you are. I love how you carry yourself. And I think that's why people gravitate towards you. Yeah. Yeah. passionate That's for
1: sure. That's, that's probably the one word. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, great. Well, why don't we get started, Trina, and just kind of maybe tell us a little bit about your family and where you grew up.
1: I'd love to. I'm a Utah girl. So I, I was born and raised in Utah. So mountain girl, grew up running in the hills and right. building forts and, and uh, <laughs> you know, exploring. I was definitely very adventurous growing up, but we moved a lot. So I um, lived in Cache Valley and Utah County primarily, but I moved, Okay. I think, 10 times up until I was 15. Oh, so wow. we, were, we were pretty fluid. I learned to, yeah. you know, we showed up, the moving truck was there. <laughs> it was like, oh, time to go, I guess, you know, <laughs> right. and I just thought that was normal, um, it wasn't till many years later, but I was the seventh of 10 kids, so it was a his, hers, and ours, uh, and I was the first wow. of the hours, so my okay. mom had four girls, my dad uh, had a boy and a girl, and they got married, my dad adopted my mom's four girls, so it wasn't like a yeah, right. real, it was uh, kind of a solid family there, and then they had me, two more boys, and another girl, so, you know, that's a, that was a full house, and, and That again, is full
0: house, yeah. Just, How was that, being it, with that many?
1: <laughs> you, always, you always had somebody around, you right. know, um, and we're still close, and uh, most everybody's still in Utah. I've got one sister in Ohio. Um, we had a lot of challenges growing up uh, that I didn't, like I said, I didn't realize some of the things that we dealt with weren't normal. You know, a, a lot of financial struggles, There were times where uh, our family was on welfare and had to work through that. And, you know, I know my parents really struggled, but they always were there and um, supportive and loving and, you know, had a really solid, I would consider solid family experience, right? In spite of all these other outside things. Sure. Um, When I was a teenager, my sister, um, many years before had been uh, diagnosed with lupus and ended up needing a lung transplant. Yeah, And so there were some real extreme challenges within our family that we, we went through with her and her health. Um, and then also many years later, she ended up having a, to do another transplant um, and didn't survive that. Oh,
0: wow. That's and tough.
1: And so, yeah, so there's been those types of challenges all of my upbringing yeah. that you just kind of say that's... You just get through it and, and move on. And um, it wasn't till many years later where I look back and go, wow, we dealt with a lot of stuff. Right. You know, and yeah. how, how heavy that was.
0: Kind of when you're going through it, you're like, well, this is just what we do. This is what you do. Right?
1: Yeah. When you're in it, you don't see it. It's, yeah. it's when you get out of it and then look back and go, wow.
0: Yeah. Almost like, yeah. how did we go through all that? How yeah. do we survive And it? we're
1: still close. We're all still, you know. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: well, I didn't mention again. that you're also. Um, the mother of eight children is that correct
1: so i'm the i'm the mother of three
0: mother of three okay
1: i have three sons and i have five step kids gotcha so the running joke is we have like 27 kids <laughs> so you know we've got we got a lot of kids running around yeah. they've you know over the uh <laughs> we remarried five years ago and okay. so you know talk about challenges in life you know blending a family of eight kids is
0: wow yeah, not
1: the easiest of things but uh, you can serve that survive that you're right. like oh we can we can get through a lot of stuff, okay? Yeah. You know, looking <laughs> back. It's one of those look back moments again. For sure. Um, but yeah, great. Uh, you know, all our kids are uh, getting older and kind of moving into their own self. Our, the oldest is 26. The youngest is 12.
0: Oh, okay. So. Wow. Wide range there. Wide range, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of looking back, when you can look back now, I mean, and we're going to get into, you know, your how you're passionate about leadership and, and s- inspiring other people, but growing up, now that you look back, how did what did you learn and grow from the most going through all of that? Now that you can look back a little bit,
1: oh, it's not just one thing, and it, it yeah. never is. You know yeah. I, i've I've uh, i've had a lot of different um, scenarios. You know, going through. Oh God, oh, where do you where do you even start? You look, it's like okay, that's a big question know, to ask. Yeah. But uh, when I was young, you know, really going through learning how to adapt quickly, you know, like I was saying, moving, having to be in a new place, a new scenario, make new friends, starting over, uh, learning to adapt through all of those. And then um, I just always, you know, connected really well. Sometimes it was harder and I learned to be okay on my own too. Yeah, You know, in those scenarios where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm new, I'm just kind of figuring it out on my own. And then eventually, you know, friendships or something would come. And so I think that was something that really Helped later on, and just yeah. being okay on being on your own, and right not having to have like all those connections that you saw everybody else was having, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think, I think that's been helpful. Um, you know, as I've kind of gone through my career and learning to adapt and shift and move and being okay with it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, because I hear this a lot in, in you know with my clients that I deal with. You know, where they talk about moving a lot and how challenging that is, and. You know, I like what you said: is learning to be comfortable with you. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of us we struggle with that. It's like we're not around someone, and all of a sudden we get antsy. It's like yeah. uh, I need to be. Oh, you know, hasn't doing something.
1: COVID been a learning lesson for that? Absolutely. Like, I, I think that's the one thing in COVID and sitting and and in, in my little office at home on zoom calls for 12 hours a day and mm-hmm. yeah i'm talking to people but i'm not connecting with people right and i remember when they first reopened like the gyms and you can go out and just be around people it wasn't even like about talking to people it's just like okay i get to be around
0: people. yeah i yeah. know <laughs> yeah i just yeah. love that energy <laughs> i know we went to the movies for the first time la- uh, a week ago and i'm like this feels so nice yeah. to just get just out of the house s- and
1: somewhat normal <laughs> right. yeah
0: yeah. Well, um, so as you move forward, I mean, what, what do you think drives your passion for what you're doing now? Um, you know, in 2018, you founded Rise Next, mm-hmm. a technical and professional development company yeah. to consult companies to how to best engage their, you know, diverse workforce and things like that. What, how did that all come about?
1: Oh, this has been a lifelong journey for me. Yeah. This isn't just something I started in 2018 so i um kind of to give the history here uh when i was uh 18 i found myself working at a fast food restaurant called vittles okay um yeah i think everybody knows of it as called (laughs) arctic circle now but yeah that was the that was where i i had this wake-up moment of like i am not living this life like there is no way this is my future right? right and and i knew the only way for me to be able to get out of it was to get an education but i didn't i didn't have the money i didn't have the funding i was like how do i do this so i've always had to try and find my way through things and and um i had to save my vittles dollars basically for a while to be able to make it into my first semester i just booked that one first semester at uvu and i actually had always been drawn to engineering and technology fields it's just innate in me i I loved it you know even growing up you know my played with barbies but my barbies got bored in the barbie house (laughs) and my parents had bought me an erector set and i'd build motorized cars for my barbies right yeah so i'm like from a very young age i just loved to design and build and so i'd actually gone into architectural engineering and Took this first semester and one of the required classes was a Pascal programming class, so I'm dating myself quite a bit for those techies (laughs) out there, they'll go, Pascal, yeah. You're like,
0: what? What?
1: (laughs) Um, But I took this class and I'm like, oh, I can do this, and there was this new thing called computer science, right? It wasn't called tech or high tech back then, but I was like, oh, I can do this, I love this, and switched my degree into computer science, you know, and and, uh, got a job at Hill Air Force Base working graveyards. and uh, started my computer science degree at Weber State. Okay. So it's fun to be circled back now, working with Weber State, yeah, Hill Air really. Force Base, and like back to my roots a little bit here. Right. Um, and so I switched to computer science, and you know I started attending my classes, and I'm looking around. And I'm like, where are all the women? Like I- I'm I met you know, and it-, it is interesting as a woman in in these scenarios when you are the minority. Mm-hmm. you start to question yourself you start to go okay do i should i never for me i never questioned if i should be there i questioned right. speaking up and having oh, a voice wow. okay and should i say something yeah. and maybe they know something more than i know and you know i started questioning i remember there was a very specific situation that happened where we were working as on a group project and and uh designing and, the the gentlemen in my group were going this really complicated route, and I'm like, well, maybe they're smarter than me. Maybe they know mm-hmm. more. Maybe they're right. And I didn't say anything for a little while, and then I finally was like, I, I gotta say something. I'm like, what if we were to do it this way? And they went, Oh yeah, yeah, that is a lot simpler. Let's do that. And I think that was the first moment for me where going, I have something valued value, add right. And my perspectives do matter. I mean, it, se- it was a minor, small thing, but it really shifted my mindset. in I do know what I'm talking about. I do know what needs to be done. And I'm open to learning and gaining and working in group settings. And so I think that was kind of the beginning of me really finding my voice. And so, you know, as I went through my career, and and I actually wrote my thesis paper in uh, at Weber State on why women should go into computer science 26 oh, really? years ago.
0: No way. Yeah wow.
1: And so it's been it's it's not something that I just picked up, right? Yeah. This has been Life-long In me passion. and yeah. part of my thinking for decades, right? Wow that's so, amazing. And and over the years as I got into my career and I continue to see, you know, we'd have 80 engineers um, When I was at Novell and there was like two or three women. Yeah, it was just part of how you worked, right? And there's yeah. definitely challenges that you deal with in those type of scenarios when sure. you're the minority and having to always prove yourself, having to show you know what you're talking about more, like there's right. there's a lot of those things. So yeah. um, I just felt like, you know, through my career, I didn't have a lot of good examples of female leadership. And so I'm like, I'm gonna create them. <laughs> I'm gonna be one and you're then gonna, I'm, gonna I'm gonna create it, it create right? Them, yeah. Like I'm, they just really, if nobody else is going to do it, then I'm going to pick it up. Why not you? Why not me? Right. And I think that's something if, you know, for those listening, it's like, there's, there's something I, I uh, really resonated when, and one of your questions is like, what are one of the limiting beliefs that you had? Is that it, I always thought it was somebody else that should be leading.
0: Yeah.
1: I always thought it was someone else that should stand up and answer the question or tell us the direction. And, and it kind of, through those experiences, I recognize, no, I'm, I'm the leader. Yeah. I'm, I'm the one that can decide or take choice. And it's years of, you know, this wasn't like a, just a one situation. It was like through, you know, my, my prior marriage and through divorce and through some of these things, I had to continually learn, like, no, trust yourself, right. Be true to yourself. You've got to believe in yourself. And, and once I finally have, and I'm still working on that, Sure. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, trust yourself, trust your, your thoughts and where you see your true self being. And then, um, things seem to start lining up yeah. the way they should.
0: Oh, I love that. You know, speaking of that, you know, the, how, you know, that limiting belief you had, what, you know, someone else should lead, but you know what? No, actually I can do that. Yeah. How, how has that played a role in wh- how you inspire other women? Is this something that you're also teaching them as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. I've, so um, in 2016 I had the opportunity with eBay to um, participate in a program they called Make a Difference where we actually mm. partnered with the Global Hunger Project and traveled to Senegal, Africa. Oh wow. That's so it was awesome. kind of interesting. There was a couple things I learned from that, which was, you know, there's a power in showing up. They actually was learned about this from a leadership conference that was in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I showed up to the airport and they'd actually canceled my flight. Oh. And I, I was like, okay, well, I can just go home. I think there was like some game on or something like a basketball game. I'm like, I could just watch the game and skip this conference. But I felt like, you know, again, listening to yourself, it's like I knew I needed to be there. Yeah. And so I couldn't find a flight into San Diego, so I booked a flight into L.A. at 1 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> hired a driver. They drove me down to San Diego, and I show up, and the keynote speaker is the CEO of the Global Hunger Project. And she's talking about the, these, this concept of unlikely leaders.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, the whole premise is that we have this perception of who is a leader, Oh, it's um, you know a professional man that's running a business or don't You know, I don't know whatever it is. Right. We have these preconceived notions yeah. of what is a leader, but really every single one of us is a leader. Mm-hmm. Every, there's there's when you tie into somebody and you trigger something where they go, oh, that's meaningful to me. I have yeah. purpose there. Yeah this shift that happens and the impact they're able to make when they start to go, oh, I can change this. I don't have to wait for somebody else. That's what really change, changes things. And that's what the Global Hunger Project does, so they go into these epicenters and villages of like 15,000 people, and they're trying to create self-reliance.
0: Wow.
1: And one of the first things they do is they say, every single one of you is a leader. You need to start empowering your women and creating them, pulling them into decision-making. Because you're limiting yourself. And when right. you do that, you start to see change and shift. Yeah, And so that's where it really became real for me that if I can tie in and start creating this change and shift in mindset of I am the one that can affect the change. Right. How broad of an impact you can have. The impact yeah. of one. Right. Right. Because then leads to five, then leads to 20. I, you know, it just becomes a multiplier. And yeah. so that's where I really truly understood that concept of everybody a leader.
0: Yeah. I love and then
1: that. this last year I had the opportunity <clears> to go to like a um a, a girls' camp and we were doing this river run and and mm-hmm. um I I really want to embed into young girls' minds that they are leaders. I don't think we do that at a young age. You're and right. it's not until later in life that they start going, Oh, or it hopefully sometimes never happens unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately and so I, I spoke to them and I, I did this exercise where I was like, okay, hey, if I want everybody here that sees themselves as a leader to raise their hands. And there's 50 girls here and not a single one of their hands really? Went up. Really? Wow. And so I shared this story and one that I had learned from Kathy Burke, um, the uh, woman I told you about that right. I had heard. Yeah. And she had shared this story about a woman that had lived in a village in India where they weren't even allowed to wear shoes. They were basically treated the same as livestock. And they went in there, and she understood, like, wait, no, this should change. And it triggered something in her to say, that's up to me. I can affect this change. I don't need to wait for somebody else. And so she would go into the community building, you know, time and time again, and they would kick her out. Really? over and over again and <laughs> even the other women in the village would be like no you got to be quiet you got to yeah, don't do don't that. don't sh- rock the boat you right. know yeah um they would like literally throw her out of the building with chair like get out of here but she was persistent she kept at it she finally got them to allow the women in the village to wear shoes but oh. not only that but they were then she's like okay i'm not going to stop there i now want us to receive an education yeah. I now want to this. I right. now want like those little shifts. It kinda... doesn't have to be something huge. It can exactly. be as simple as I want to wear shoes. I want to wear a pair of shoes. Want, yeah. yeah. Wow. And so, you know, once I shared that story with those girls, um, and then I asked the question again, because now you understand each one of you has the power to affect change. Whatever it is in your life that you see is wrong and you want to make it shift or you want to influence or you want to, mm-hmm. you can do that. that is a leader and so i asked the question again and every single one of their hands went
0: up wow
1: and that was like powerful i'm like yes that's what we're trying to do here (laughs) and
0: it tells you they're getting it yeah like they got your message yeah it's like wow i'm getting what you're saying
1: yep so that's what i continue to do like even with the women that i've gotten mother coders is you know you did the hardest part you showed up right the rest of it we're here for you you've got this community Let's like you're you control your future. Right. Right. Not your circumstances. So, you know, that message trying to repeat, repeat that with the women that I work with when in in any capacity or even not just women like my teams I manage or anybody. It's just really trying to empower them to know that they don't have to wait for me to make a decision. Yeah. You know, they can lead out on something and and kind of giving them the reins to do that.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like it's really what you're doing is you're empowering other women, right? Mm-hmm. To to kind of go through the same process you went through growing up, all the way up to this point, right? Yeah. And what yeah. you've learned and things like that. So, you know, it's interesting as you're I'm hearing you talk. You know, like where it's like we just want to wear some shoes. Yeah. Can we have shoes? Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds so silly when you say it. Like really, they you know, but that's oh, really what it was. That's what it was that's like. That's
1: what it's like. It's still like that. And that's
0: what I wanted to ask you because. Our culture, you know, women have been, let's be honest, like yeah. kind of less than, Yeah. you know, be at home, have your shoes here's off, here's your box, here's your box do it. that. And so do you feel like the culture is shifting or do you still feel like, I mean, I'm sure it is on some level, but where, where are you at with that? Where, how do you see it? Oh, I, I, know I have gone through decades
1: <laughs> of you should fit in this box. Um, right. I, you know, one example in having to listen to myself and ignore the pressures of you right. should be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I knew I needed to go get my master's degree. Like I, I had right. tried, I actually applied and then found out I was expecting a child. And so I had to wait and I went back. But I remember somebody's telling me that I was being selfish, that I should be home Seriously. with my kids and that me going to get my education and getting a master's degree because I had a young four and two year old at the time when I went back, they told me I was being selfish and that, that just that, you know, through the years that that you know the mother's guilt is real yeah and i fought it you know like oh yeah. i shouldn't be at home i should be at home i shouldn't do this and you're and gonna
0: another. hurt the kids if you do yeah. that and yeah and i'm like so. my kids
1: are freaking awesome you know <laughs> like they're they're great and they're right. like you know i've asked them i'm like you know do you guys think i should have been at home like do you think and they're like why would we want you at home like, <laughs> like this is all good and like and right. they, they're like we learned a ton from you and we're you yeah. know it's like these experiences they wouldn't have had if I was there all the time, I just make sure the quality's good. Right. Right. And
0: absolutely. I love that.
1: I think what I've tried to share with women is the power of, and it's not mm. or. Okay. Um, you can, and and I write this even on my info sessions that I do for women in tech. It's like, you can have a fulfilling career and successfully raise your family. Yeah. It's not a, I pick or, one. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, you can do it both. You can do you both. Know? Yeah. And, um, So I've had a lot of those like you can do this and you can do that and there's ways to do it and um, find fulfillment. Because a lot of uh, the coaching I've done through the years, right, Mm -hmm. Um, and where I really found this, why I gravitate to tech is I've got this huge tech gap, right, Right. in um, being able to not find enough people. I've had to hire so many people off visas, right, you know, and bring them out of the country because we don't have enough uh, core talent here. Yeah but yet we're growing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm like, at the same time, I had women coming to me and saying, Trina, I hear there's all this opportunity in tech, show me how. And I'm like, why are we not tapping into that? It's like the most underutilized resource we have, Yeah. and we're not leveraging it. And, And because there are these misconceptions of like, oh, well, you know, women are at home. They're not interested. They yeah. don't have an affinity for tech, which is, you know, you've got to solve women understanding you can, you do have skill sets and right, and you can do this. And there's a fit for everybody in tech. It's not just coding, right. So that's what we work through with these women is solving that, and at the same time, creating visibility and awareness of the benefits of hiring women.
0: Yeah, wow, that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your you know, the Mother Coders program.
1: Sure, sure. So, um, like you said, I started Rise Next basically to help uh, transition women into to tech and I was doing it um, in groups or one-on-one or as needed, um, working with companies. I worked a lot with like employee resource groups on how to empower women in the workplace, doing right. some consulting there um, and then um, I kept seeing this this issue. So when when we're talking about well, how do we create this bridge? Yeah. From okay, I'm been a stay at home mom for 20 years, or I'm in the workforce, but I'm in finance, or and I want to shift. Like um, I've got women in my program all the way from high school graduates to postgrads. Mm. and all over the place from uh, from a diversity perspective, a financial perspective. Like there isn't a set group. That's like, oh, it's just single women. I've had some people say that to me. Like, I won't support you because I support family values, and I know this is for single women, but yes, really, I, yeah, I that one really shook me up when I was yeah, like, sh- uh, sure. I think I'm supporting family values. These women are providing for their families and helping support their children. Absolutely, yeah. And the economic impacts and the mm-hmm. social impacts are yeah, immense, right? So for it's sure. like those mindsets are real.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they are.
1: We really. I had heard about this organization from um, my partner her name's mikhail blake she had actually gone through the program in silicon valley okay and uh, had been from utah and said i want to bring this to utah somebody said hey you need to talk to trina probably best idea ever we've now (laughs) kicked that off a year ago and uh we just launched uh our first program last week in Lehigh. Really? In partnership with Utah wow. Valley University and Facebook, and um, that's awesome. Album VC came in, Out- Overstock came in. Like, we've had incredible support. Man, it's been amazing. That's cool. Um, and then we also are launching next week in Ogden uh, with Weber State University and have some par- partnerships and sponsorships up there for that region. Nice. Congratulations. And, um, getting a that's lot amazing. of. It, the, the greatest thing is. Um, I've got the support from you know, our educators, mm-hmm. from our corporate sponsors, as well as the women themselves coming in, because right. that was a big worry for me. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put this program together. Right. We're gonna launch here in Utah, um, and am I gonna get applicants? Right, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, is anyone gonna do this? Yeah, <laughs> so I got really nervous, but yeah. um, we ended up having to shut down the application because we were gonna have to start turning people away. So we're, Damn. I think we've hit uh, this undercurrent of need, mm-hmm. yeah, especially right now with COVID. Um, as I've been interviewing the women, which is by, by the way one of my favorite things to do in all of this, is these connections with these women. I bet. You know, I'm I'm really busy, and my team would be like, "Do you want us to do the interviews?" I'm like, "No, I'm I'm like, I wanted, <laughs> I that's my favorite thing, <laughs> right? I am doing the let interviews. Let me do that. Yeah, yeah, let me do that. <laughs> but as I talk that's to awesome. them. Um, Just the need that's out there right now. I I don't know if anybody really understands the impacts of COVID and people's hours are being reduced. Their husbands are laid off Mm -hmm. or they're single and trying to take care of their families and um, working in positions that just aren't ideal for trying to provide for a family. Right. Right. And and especially now, it's like, oh, my kids are at home, but I have to be in the office and tech provides that flexibility to be at home. And, you know, I've benefited from that. Yeah, for, for sure for many years yeah. and so we're I think we've now that we've launched we're seeing a lot of support there um, have some really exciting things potentially coming so watch out okay we'll, we'll I'm sure what, what comes to fruition here in the next few weeks I'm I'm excited to be able Boy. to expand this not just Utah but we're right. we're looking outward yeah that,
0: that program sounds amazing yeah and it's obviously needed Yes. You know, and I'm excited to see where that goes. And I'm sure when you say something big's coming, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've done so much, and you're doing so many great things. So, is that is that part of RiseNet? Is it part it's of the same? It's a partnership. Okay. Yeah.
1: So RiseNext is we're basically running it. RiseNext is Mother Coders right. had run the program, and Mikel had gone through it before, so we really leveraged their learnings. Mm-hmm. Um, we have changed some of it. Um, and, uh, going forward, we'll see how we structure it going forward, but, yeah. uh, mother coders was a nonprofit and I'm kind of a social good for profit. Yeah. And so, um, looking at how we do that going forward and how that would yeah. be structured, we're, we're working through that. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, cause I'm going to ask you a really another tough question, okay. not a tough question, but oh. a, a deep question, it, you know, if you could talk to someone right now, because I really believe your words will inspire someone today. And I I know this might sound dramatic, but I even think even to the point where you'll save someone's life. And I know that sounds very dramatic. What I mean by that is, you know, I think a lot of us walk around just existing, Mm -hmm. which really, it's all as if we're dead almost. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to, I guess, eventually we'll be buried, right? Mm -hmm. And what would you tell girls right now who are growing up who maybe listen to this I, I do have a younger audience as well mm-hmm. that would hear these words what what could you share with them right now that would help them believe in themselves a little bit more realize they truly are a leader and I know that's a big question
1: yeah it's a good one
0: but I guarantee you there's some girls women listening to this right now that are in that mindset you were just talking about that they're stuck Mm -hmm. And they feel like, well, I can't, no, that's not me. I can't do it. Or, you know, they've Mm -hmm. bought into that. Yeah. What could you tell them?
1: Find your purpose. Mm. And, you know, everybody has a superpower. Oh, I love that. And that superpower is themselves and their own uniqueness.
0: Say that again.
1: Everybody has a superpower. I love that and everybody's Mm. superpower is their own uniqueness.
0: Wow, I love that.
1: And what I try to do um, is to really make sure that people understand you are more, and especially for women, us talking about you're fitting into this box, Yeah, you're more than just a mom. And a lot of women that have been raising their families for 20 years and their kids are gone, go through this really challenging process of like, now, who am I? Right. Everything I've lived for my whole life has been my kids and and go through a bit of depression and Mm -hmm. challenging. There's so much more that each person has the opportunity to impact in the world. It's just, that's the one thing is find where that passion is for you. Everybody's going to be different. Nobody's yeah. the same. Everybody has something different that they are to impact the world by. Right. And once you tie into that purpose for you and you find that, and it might be a self discovery process of. I'm going to try this and then I'm going to, you know, whether it's education or volunteering or getting involved some way yeah. until you figure out this is what's meaningful for me. And that's what I've been fortunate to stumble on in my life is yeah, this is my purpose. This is it. And I remember saying to my husband a few years ago, I'm like, this is going to be what I need to do. Like I knew it, you know, and just being committed to it. That's where that confidence comes from is because... Through my process over the last twenty five years is yeah. this is what I need to do, yeah. and now I'm doing it, which yeah. is really super fun, right? Oh, yeah. and, and I'm I'm loving it. Um, yeah. but I think there was an example of this. So um, one of the, last year I got diagnosed with cancer. Oh wow! And I had I beat it. So congratulations! Thank you. I'm yes. a survivor. Yeah. All you women, get your mammograms, please. Yeah. Just, wow. You know. Social message there, Um, but I was diagnosed in February 19th last year. um, Decided to do full double mastectomy in March of last year, um, and was able to be fortunate enough to have been able to get everything and no didn't have to do chemo. I guess there's no easy way through cancer, but for me, I was like, okay, no cancer, no radiation. I didn't have to go through chemo. Like I feel fortunate for sure, right? That my experience was fairly it's not easy, but relatively, right? right. Yeah. Um yeah. and you know, that's another thing that I'm you know, one in eight women have breast get breast breast cancer. Yeah, so
0: I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, it's a, a large large number of women and so that awareness and going through that process last year, I I went through that and then I was in San Jose and I was doing a launch in partnership with an organization called the Girls Leadership Academy Meetup. Okay. It's called Glam, for short. Okay. So if you guys want to look up a really cool organization, look up Glam. Glam, okay. Yeah. And um, basically, we we were partnering and sponsoring bringing this organization in to um, educate girls ages 8 to 12 mm-hmm. on how to write business cases. Okay. So marketing, how yeah. to write your pricing, how to, you know, your product and all of these things. And part of that was they had to get up and we taught them how to speak and be confident and hold your head Ooh. up and chest oh, out. Wow. And, Right. So it's yeah. like they had to get up and present. And then we I was on the awards committee for this. And I went back to talk to the, the my fellow judges and um, one of the girls groups came up with this idea that was so meaningful for me. And it was they were like, we want to create an application that allows um People within the hospital that can't really go out and talk to other people to connect to other people in the hospital.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And
1: I was like, that is amazing. Be right. Because I went through, when I did my mastectomy surgery, you can't, it's, you're down. It's hard. It's like, I, right. I would get up and force myself to walk, but it would be like, okay, go around. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. But you couldn't go in and like be social or see. But I knew that there was another woman in the room yeah. next to me, yeah, that had gone through that same experience, and it would have been nice just to connect, right? Yeah. And and so I shared when I gave them, presented them the award for for their presentation. Um, I shared this story because. I don't think people realize that if you don't allow these types of ideas to come to fruition and you mm-hmm. say go stick in your box and don't right. you the impacts yeah. that could be happening in the world are limited. And and I I just see that need for each individual to, you know, if you have an idea or something that could be contributing, don't feel like you need to stay within that boundary. Yeah. Kick out of it. Right. Go do it. Yeah. Right. Like, show up. Go figure it out. Make it happen. Right. See what resources and and uh, bring those things to life.
0: Wow, that's awesome. That is amazing, and I think that's great advice for anyone. Right. Anyone. Absolutely. You know, to get because I think a lot of times we do get stuck in this box, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Where oh, I'm doing everything I need to be doing and we have great ideas or some, these inspirations that come to us, but then we put nah, it off. Eh, nah. Someone I'm else I'm comfortable. Do it. Yeah. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> that whole get comfortable being uncomfortable, right. I use that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do yeah. that a lot.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what does what Trina do in a day to, to center yourself? You know, behind the scenes, because everyone yeah. gets to see you on stage, they see you speaking, yeah. and they're looking at this woman going, wow. Right? They're like, man, this up. I hope a, so. I I'm, hope that's what they're. No, they do. <laughs> You're, they're looking at this powerhouse, right? So, what do you do behind the scenes that helps you as a person, you know, you know, stay centered, yeah. be confident, and those kind of things? What does that look like?
1: Well, I'm a I'm a fitness <laughs> fanatic. Okay. So fitness is a big big sure. thing for me. Yeah. You know, I've always been active in throughout my whole life. You yeah. know, and um, like when I got divorced, I did a triathlon. I didn't know how to swim, so I hired a coach. Really? And I'm like, <laughs> Teach me how to swim. And I'm like, you know, thirty five years old and he's like chucking things at me in the pool <laughs> to like make sure I knew how to like deal with all this. Right. You know, it was kind of funny, <laughs> but I'm like I that was like a goal for me, like yeah. continual improvement. I'm like, okay, I just stay active. Get your head somewhere else is yeah. important. Okay. And give myself that time. So I wake up every morning at four thirty. Yeah,
0: me too. I'm up at four. You are. Oh, I'm you beat right.
1: me. I actually do 4:35 because I figure that extra five minutes <laughs> gives you that. It's like that little edge I've got, yeah, you I know? Love it. Like, oh, okay, 4:35, like <laughs> five more minutes today.
0: Hey, but, whatever works, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs>
1: um, so I I do my gym time. That is my me time. Yeah. That's and I've learned to just love it. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I have to go to. I'm like. I love it. I look like, forward to it. I can't, to wait, it. To I can't yeah. wait to go. That's um, awesome. And so it's just become part of who I am. Um and I I was always active but then when I was 40-ish, 40 ish, 42 or I um, I got diagnosed with degenerative disc disease in my back. They're like you cuz oh, I go really? to pick something up off the floor and I just fall on the floor. Like you'd seize up. Yeah, I'd seize yeah. up and I'd like just it was oh, it wow. got to I was like, "Oh, what is going on here?" Um, And they're like, yeah, you have degenerative disc disease. You have the back of a 60-year-old woman, basically. And I'm like, oh, what do I do with that? And they're like, there's not really anything. You know, you just have to try and do preventative and Mm -hmm. try and avoid surgery. And so... I was at the gym one day and this woman walked up and I'm like, she's pretty fit. And I just happened to ask her, I'm like, you happen to train people? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, so You're can I hire up. you? Yeah, so she she was a fitness coach and so I started weightlifting a lot. Um, and that led to me, I ended up becoming a fitness model and doing that at the age of 42. Yeah, wow. I was like, okay, this was definitely, talk about outside my comfort zone. Really, talk really about being out of the box, my, right? Yeah, but it was, <laughs> It was really fun, uh, you know, and and having that time to be like, okay, I'm really going to dial in on my fitness for a while and see what I can do here and set goals. And, you know, there's a lot of life lessons that you get from working out in the gym. You know, just that continual effort, those small things that add up. Right. That um, make a daily difference. You know, and my kids will, they'll even notice like some days they're like, "Mom, did you go to the gym today? Because you're really freaking on right you know? Like Did you, would you go work out would or you something? Go, please. Like, please, yeah." <laughs> but I, you know, when I what I found is like when I got diagnosed with cancer um, and started going through that process, mm-hmm. the the benefit of that work before, right. like the power of going in strong to crisis,
0: yeah, Ooh, I like is, that.
1: is really important because if you if i wasn't as healthy i don't know if my outcomes would have been the same Mm -hmm. you know and so i we even saw that like as we hit COVID in my husband's company um and uh the way that he was able to go in strong to COVID, even though they had clients calling and canceling and things you know from a business perspective there's value of like okay are we doing the daily workouts and strength training we need to do to keep our company where it needs to be right. so when crisis hits we can just get through it. We can weather it and get yeah. through yeah and are we that. keeping our culture in a place where mm-hmm. we can react and and um, respond like we need to? Wow, I love yeah. that
0: that's great. Um, so what beliefs do you have now about you that are that empower you?
1: Well that's a good one. Mm-hmm. What beliefs do I have? <laughs> I have lots of them. I'm, I've found this last year and having gone through um, there was a lot of benefits in going through cancer, you know those yeah. look backs. going back to the look, look back. Looking can back go to the look back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when when I got diagnosed, I mean those first few weeks are just terrible. Your mind, uh, I'm sure a lot okay. of people live that, right? Like just mm-hmm. when when you just get you don't know, you're like, I might die. Right. And, yeah. and I might be in a, I don't know where this is going to go right. and I don't know what's going to happen. And there's a few things I learned through that experience. Um, and the first was I had a friend of ours give me this book called letting go. Mm. Have you heard of that? I have. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I listened to it over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And, and I still to this day when I'm challenged with that something, or I have something that I'm like, Oh, where i where do I go with this? Is this, you know, I start ruminating or I get caught up in it. And my mind's going crazy. You're right. I'll stop and go, okay, is this something I need to let go? Right. And for me at that time, it was, you know what? I might die and be okay with that and let it go. Wow. And just have to go. I'm going to go through what I need to go through. Yeah. I mean, the hardest thing was telling my kids. I, that, that day of
0: I having to
1: communicate that to, you Man. know, room of 8 kids sitting in front of you was the hardest thing I think I've ever done oh, in my I, life. I can yeah. And what we did the other thing I learned is that my husband's uh partner's wife called me and she's like we want to throw a party and I was in this really bad spot, and I was like, heck yeah, let's go, a freaking <laughs> let's party. <do> it. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta get my head somewhere else. I gotta yeah. shift, like, this is too heavy. And so, for the next few weeks, we planned within two weeks before my surgery, we planned this massive party. Um, it <laughs> shifted my mindset into right. being more positive. Okay. And was like, okay, I've got something to work on. We're gonna, you know, do this big thing, and I'm gonna have. Uh, you know who do we need to invite and it kind of shifted me from being caught in that mindset all the time of thinking about my situation was happening I mean it was still very real you're going to the doctor and you're getting this news and trying to figure out and doing MRIs and everything else but um, we threw this massive party we had over 300 people show up in less than two weeks. Wow! It was the most amazing uplifting I called it my cash uh, cancer crushing army. Nice. I, we rallied and I had yeah. my generals and I had like they <laughs> had my army right, right behind me and that yeah. was such a gift Yeah, like I don't think people realize you talk about people that might be struggling or going through something hard I don't think people realize How many people are there to help you and support you right there? It's invisible and I'd had this kind of shown to me um, You know where I had that much of a people that care yeah. and showed up, people I didn't even know came mm-hmm. to it, just to say they, they were to, there, yeah. and they were That's there to amazing. support, and, and uh, were there to rally, and it was, it was a very powerful thing, and as I went through my recovery, it was, I drew on that energy a lot, right. you know, of, of remembering that positivity, and thinking about those people that are there, and I think if people were to step back, and think about all the people in your life, that are there and and are supportive of you and just yeah. reaching out and making connections or just know that people are there for you. Yeah. It you know, and it's that still to this day is like, wow, that's pretty pretty powerful.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, a lot of times we have to if we reach out and ask, it's there. We just yeah. like you said, a lot of times it feels invisible, but it is there. It is there. And people will rally around you.
1: Yeah, I used to be a I have to do it all on my own person. Yeah. That was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard for me to reach out and ask for help. Yeah. Um you know that that's something I still struggle yeah. like. Well, okay,
0: you're a confident, driven, you yeah, know. Yeah, I got this. Woman. I can do
1: it, but you know what I don't know what's got right. it. <laughs> right. I, lo- yeah. I I I uh, Well, I, I think we all
0: yeah, well, I think what makes you great too is you are a driven person and you really work hard and you're passionate about what you do. Then when you get thrown a curveball, you're thinking, well, I can do the same, I can have the same thing over here. Yeah. Whereas, no, I actually need to reach out and have some people step in yeah. and and, go the and be question. there for me. Or have the army, like yeah. you said. Go,
1: go find your coach. Go find like, the who, coach. Who knows how to get through this one? Or, yeah. you know, a lot of times if I'm uh, when I've had to deal with these things, it's like, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? Yeah. Um, it's hard to get through, but you'll get through. And I've, you know, having gone through all of these challenges, right, personal and health and everything else, mm-hmm. um, what's been amazing is now I'm later on in my life is recognizing that once I got through those things, something amazing was on the other side Ooh, every like single that. time. Yeah. And now being able to trust that, it's like, Hey, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to grow through it. And I'm gonna just be waiting because the universe is gonna send me something freaking something awesome, amazing, uh, something of, amazing, something right? amazing on its way. I know it. <laughs> right. I just got to deal with this right now, yeah. right? No matter how hard it is, and wow, um, that's awesome. That that's just kind of the mindset I've chosen to have. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. <laughs> well, you've given a lot of advice and some great um, direction for all of us today. If there's someone right now, or or maybe you can give us all a challenge right now, something that can help us be more Mm leadership-like. Is there a challenge that you could give uh, me and your listeners?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, find your superpower. What is it that you're passionate and what's your purpose? And then don't be afraid to fail. That's part Mm of it. I'm really good at failing. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) like my... (laughs) They asked me to speak at BYU on failure, and I'm like, "Why are they asking me to speak on failure?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, because I'm really dang good at I'm it. Good at <laughs> I'm really, really good at failure. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, don't be afraid to fail. Make sure you're not making decisions based on fear. Yeah. And and go, okay, what do I really want to do, and how yeah. do I get there, and not be afraid of what might happen. Wow. And just take those steps forward.
0: Beautiful, beautiful, B- beautifully said. If there's someone listening to this right now and they want to reach out to you and ask you a question or get to know more about what you do, want to know more about your programs, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah,
1: reach out, get involved. Um, So uh, my website is risenext.com, R-I-Z-E-N-E-X-T.com. Um, I think we were, were saying it's, it's kind of like the rise of the phoenix, right? Yeah, rise up that next level of diverse yeah. workforce. That's what we do. And yeah, I love that we're, we've got volunteers coming in all the time. We bring in uh, people to coach and speak to all the women. And um, as well as we're, we're looking to scale and, and uh, see right. how we can broaden this. I mean, the biggest thing I would ask we're is like if you know somebody that could benefit by being in this program, have them reach out. We, we want to create right. awareness that this is happening yeah. and the opportunities will help coach through the rest of it.
0: Nice. Well, I'm going to do my part in that and get this out to as many people as we possibly can. And I, I want you to know I support everything that you do. You inspire me. And it's great to be able to sit across from you in person, get to know you even better. And to hear just all these amazing things that you're doing in life, it really is amazing.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, absolutely. No, it's it's my honor. And, and, and I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to do this. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. There's Trina Limpert. She's amazing. Please reach out to her and ask her. You know, any question you have and get involved. I mean, she'll show you the way. She'll show you how to do it. It's exactly what she did. And and there's a reason why she's making a difference, not in, in just a few lives, thousands of lives and and really is making an impact. Please share this uh, belief cast with anyone you know that needs to hear this. Thank you for all your support. And uh, again, thank you for Racity Networks for helping us. And again, Trina, you're amazing. Thanks for the time. Thank you. You betcha.